Um, Almighty God, thank you for this day and this opportunity to come together to learn through uh, children's books, Lord. May you speak to us through these authors and through these stories and what we come up with together, all for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please come in. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so let me just talk a little bit before we get started and before I read something to you. And actually, I'm going to play a couple of video clips. I hope we'll have time for some discussion, though, because this is the first of a four-part series. I'll probably do an adequate amount of talking, so the discussion might not be as long as in the, the future um, meetings of this class. But uh, So we're looking at children's picture books. Um, and it's kind of a relatively recent interest of mine in the last four years having children. Um, you know, I mean, I guess they were an interest of mine when I was younger. Uh, <laughs> and I remember, you know, having a very large collection of Berenstein Bears in particular um, books and, and sitting with them. But, uh, yeah, since we have our two daughters, and then also in the last uh, two years, I worked as a preschool chaplain, and I got really into not just children's Bible books. A lot of them, by the way, I think are terrible. Um, there are some good quality children's Bibles out there, but a lot of them you've really got to kind of, you know, really th sort through them with a fine-tooth comb. Uh, they're strange, moralistic tales often, but uh, and that's not usually what the Bible's trying to get across in the stories that they translate. But what I did get into more so were secular books and saw a lot of themes and connections to the uh, Christian faith and message. And so I started bringing them in when I was doing chapel. And uh, l last year we did, in my last church they called me Father Matt. Uh, so we did Bible time with Father Matt um, once a week. And at Bible time, I would sometimes bring Bible stories, but sometimes I'd bring in a secular book and say, you know, this is a lot like the story that I was just talking to you about in chapel and, and try to draw the connection. A lot of the things that I do with adults are similar, you know, connecting themes in film and television, literature, commercials, stories that are out there in the world. I connect those often for adults in my preaching and teaching and writing. Um, uh, to get the, the Christian message across. And often those stories are from secular sources, uh, and you have to draw the connections. And I thought, you know, I'm here I'm working with these small children, and often I'm just strictly Bible all the time, and it felt like it wasn't penetrating them as well. Uh, and so I started bringing in the secular stuff, and they paid attention, and I would make the connections just the way that I do with adults, you know, um, all for the sake of communicating the gospel. But I just got really into the stories myself, and I started talking about the kids' books with adults. And I realized that sometimes adults were more into them than, uh, than the kids. Um, and so I, this is the first time I've, I guess I've really actually taught on the books. I've brought them in uh, with uh, some preaching. Um, I did a couple uh, fellowship gatherings the last couple weeks, and uh, some of you were there when I talked about No David, uh, but this is the first time that I'm teaching on it. And I also recently wrote a magazine article that's coming out, I think, this week. Um, and some of the books on, in that article I'll talk about here. And by the way, I'm never going to tell you which book's coming in, just because I hope that it will 
um, hit you by surprise. And some of them you'll be familiar with and some of them you won't. Um, but maybe eventually, um, at some point, I'll, I'll photocopy that article and bring it in too because there are other books on there that I won't address. And you might like to have them as a resource for yourself. Maybe you have kids or grandchildren, nieces, nephews. Maybe you don't. Maybe you will just need to have these books on your shelves because sometimes they can be just sort of life-saving, really, I think. Um, so that's kind of the, the general gist. Another thing is, uh, this is the first class I'm teaching here Sunday morning uh, at the Advent, and that's really exciting to me. Gil said, Gil Cracky said, when you teach a class, make sure you bring in at least one scripture passage or verse um, so that uh, we do make an explicit connection to the Bible. And the way I'm going to do that here is throughout the four weeks, I'm going to uh, share with you devotions from this book called Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. It's by Sally Lloyd-Jones and illustrated by uh, Jago, who also illustrated the Jesus Storybook Bible. And this is a, a devotional. So each, every two pages is a devotion with a, an illustration and a Bible verse. And some of them are available in video form, not all of them. Sorry, where's my cursor? Um, because they're creating a DVD. Uh, the DVD's not out yet, but Sally's put a couple online. So for, the, for a few of them, I think I'm gonna bring the video in um, rather than just read the, the book to you. Um, so here's our devotion and scripture passage for today. Yeah, this, you know, I, I use this as a devotional. I mean, it really speaks, it probably speaks to me more than my daughters at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, it's really colorful, and it's not dumbed down. She really gets the gospel. She's kind of a disciple of Tim Keller. She goes to his church in, in New York City. So, like, this is safe material <laughs> um, for adults and uh, children. But it's really geared towards, like, elementary-aged kids. So, here is our devotion.
so uh, that's the devotion for today, and therefore the, the Bible verse that will connect to the, uh, to the book that I'll read in just a minute. It's, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, which you should be familiar with. Uh, it's from the comfortable words that we read Sunday morning when we celebrate Holy Eucharist. And also, I'm just going to throw this verse in. This is from Psalm 139, which is close to my heart and maybe to many of yours. Um, this is verse 6. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So two verses. Um, hey, come on in. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm so glad that you're here. Just getting started. And I'm going to transition to, I'm just going to bring in one book each time. Uh, a friend of mine encouraged me to, to do that rather than sort of hitting you over the head with too many books. Just let one sink in, um, even though they won't take long to read. Um, hopefully there's enough complexity for us to discuss um, that will come out of it. And this one is called The Runaway Bunny. Do you all know it? Or have heard of it? Margaret Wise Brown, the author, also did Goodnight Moon, which uh, you probably all have if you have children. Um, and maybe you have this one too. So, Runaway Bunny. Once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away. So he said to his mother, I'm running away. If you run away, said his mother, I will run after you, for you are my little bunny. Can you all see it okay? I'll make sure I turn it around so that all um, can see it. If you run after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in a trout stream, and I will swim away from you. If you become a fish in a trout stream, said his mother, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish for you. If you become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock on the mountain high above you. If you become a rock on the mountain high above me, said his mother, I will be a mountain climber, and I will climb to where you are. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will be a crocus in a hidden garden. If you become a crocus in a hidden garden, said his mother, I will be a gardener, and I will find you. If you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, said his mother, I will be a tree that you can come home to. I hope you're having fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> if you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will become a little sailboat, and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, said his mother, I will become the wind and blow you where I want you to go.
If you become the wind and blow me, said the little bunny, I will join a circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you go flying on a flying trapeze, said his mother, I will be a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the bunny, I will become a little boy and run into a house. If you become a little boy and run into a house, said the mother bunny, I will become your mother and catch you in my arms and hug you. Shucks, said the bunny, I might just as well stay where I am and be your little bunny. And so he did. Have a carrot, said the mother bunny. <laughs> um, this one's... Uh, kind of new to me. We don't actually have it at home. Um, so I'm kind of starting with new material, but I felt like it'd be a good place to begin for what I want to do the next four weeks because I'm going to in a minute show a, a movie clip for you um, to show the kind of power of this story and other stories like it. But just a brief reflection on this story in terms of connection to my own life. Um, you know, I converted uh, to the Christian faith, and um, I I felt like there was a time in my mid-twenties where I just could not hide from God, um, and that He was certainly seeking me out, um, and there was a lot that I was trying to do to be like, no, 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 <laughs> um, I want nothing to do with that. Um, for several years until there was kind of finally a, a place in my life where I basically said shucks, um, you know, um, I might as well relent um, that, uh, you know, the hound of heaven is, is, uh, is hounding me down, you know, um, and rather than trying to escape, um, just laying it all bare and being honest with God. And that had to, that took a lot of sort of giving up a lot of pride, really. That was a big word for me in terms of, um, you know, who I was and thought I was and what I was capable of doing and giving that up and sort of just handing things over to God who was tracking me down. Um, and the reason... Uh, these, the second verse that I brought in, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? I brought that in because, you know, Psalm 139 really is kind of, it gives you the, the uh, sentiment, the emotion of what I'm talking about. If you're familiar with the psalm, you know, there's, there's nothing about me that God doesn't know, uh, especially in my inward being, all my thoughts and the thoughts and feelings that I don't even know that I have. Um, you know, God uh, knows them all. And so there's really nowhere I can go to escape. You know, just think of Jonah um, from the Old Testament um, who uh, doesn't like what God wants for him, and so he tries to run away, and that's a foolish endeavor. 
Uh, and by the end of the story, Jonah realizes that. And he kind of hates it, <laughs> but he does say, shucks, you know, uh, just like the Bonnie and, and just like me. Um, so those are kind of my own sort of uh, reactions and connections to this story. Anything that came up for you as I was reading it so far? What I've said? How many of you are familiar with it? Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts about it, honestly? I'm surprised. I hadn't thought about it before, but as a parent, like, the willingness of the mother to go there, like, she wasn't like, okay, whatever, honey, you know? But mm. she just kept playing and being imaginative with the bunny and even meeting the bunny. Where the bunny is. Where the bunny was, but yeah. even in, in terms of imagination and playfulness. And mm-hmm. Coming up with these ideas that related to her own bunny's ideas versus shutting him down, or yeah, I mean the normal reaction is like, no, that's ridiculous. Stop being ridiculous, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> that's what I say to our girls usually. <laughs> Maybe I need to be more imaginative. Um, Just the willingness to let the bunny question, mm. the bunny test. Yeah. God does that with us. Yeah, the way I've always, I guess I grew up with such a great set of parents and I didn't realize until I was well into my 20s that, that that's really not normal. Um, but I was telling, I, I, we had a new boss come to work and he was, you know, talking to me personally and asking me about growing up. And I said something, I just described, he said, you had a great safety net. Yeah. And when he was going to be in the circuit, I always think about it. I thought, for sure, I'm going to be your safety net. So yeah. I was surprised that she was running after him on the side road. Mm-hmm. I think she yeah. was down here to catch him. But that, yeah. that's yeah, you know, praise God for folks who have parents who provide a home that's something of a safety net. That's not always the case, unfortunately, for a lot of uh, people. You know, this um, this story runs somewhat, but not 100% parallel to the, the parable of the prodigal son. The difference, uh, the connection is in the safety net and the, having the place to come home free of judgment and um, uh, completely uh, a place of absolution and uh, forgiveness. As you see when the the son takes the long walk home and the father does the paradoxical thing and runs after him, he walks on the tightrope to meet the son. The difference is the father actually let the son disappear for a while. Um, Whereas the the mother bunny here like would have kind of gone off into the far land um, with the uh, with the sun, um, so that's why there's some parallel, but not 100%. And there's wisdom, I think, probably in both. You know, um, sometimes we need to to go there with the person, but sometimes we need to like give them a little space. And 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 it's and, you know, in that parable, uh, we hear that Jesus says God the Father can be like that too, uh, in terms of letting the 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 bunny in that instance kind of go off and um, you know squander his inheritance, um, but yeah the the safety net Holly and I have talked about like what do we want in terms of our children like say when they're um, young adults or even middle aged, we'll know that we've done a an amply good job if if they come home you know you can put that in air quotes whatever that means especially with their hearts, you know mom dad I just got a divorce. And I need a place to live for three months. Yes, um, please sleep in our basement. That kind of 
um, thing. Um, so yeah, any other things come up for you before I move on to the next thing? It also makes me think of the lost sheep parable where the shepherd goes after the lost yeah, sheep. Yeah, yeah. We have a children's song that we have that we listen to and it sings about it and it says, um, it's you have come to find and you're my little lamb and because you're lost in your mind, you know, I will go and find you. And just that, that emphasis on the importance of going. I mean, who knows if this, I mean, bunnies, right? They make like bunnies. So probably she has other bunnies, but she's still willing <laughs> there to There you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the scripture passage for today is the um, parable of the lost sheep. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, a great connection. I'm going to shoot. Yeah, go ahead. Along the line of bunnies, when you were reading it, one thing I thought of is how often bunnies are used in children's stories. Yeah. I don't know what significance there is, if any, in that, but you do see bunnies a lot. Yeah. And it also reminded me of another one of our favorite stories with our children, which is um, Guess How Much I Love You. Do mm-hmm. you all know that one? Yeah. Um, who's the author? I'm forgetting. Um, but it's a mama bunny with a baby bunny, and they're challenging each other with who loves the, <coughs> the other one. More. And yeah. the, the baby bunny, the child bunny says, I love you this much. And the mama bunny goes, well, I love you this much. And, you know, she tops him one each time. And it's adorable. And yeah. But that, when you were reading that story, I was like, what? That's so much like, guess how much I love you, which is much more contemporary than Margaret Wise Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably been written in the last, uh, you know, 15 years. Okay. Now. Yeah, I think this is from the 1940s. Yeah. Um, a theme that yeah, why bunnies? You know, they're furry and they hop. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's scary on Halloween, though, as a bunny costume. Yeah. I love you, stinky yeah, face. Of running away, the child's going to turn into a swamp monster and then into all these horrible creatures. And yeah. The mother talks about how she's going to continue to love him even if he's no matter what. a smelly, swamp horrible monster. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, that's good. I love you, stinky face. Okay, let's <laughs> let's add that to the list. That's really good. I loathe you. I loathe you is a good one. Yeah, monster it's monsters. They don't love each other. They loathe each other. <laughs> even if I become like a good person on each turn, is like some. Even if I become a goody two shoe in some way, because monsters you see is the opposite. <laughs> I will still loathe you, right? Even Isn't that how? Clean, even if you become clean. You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a similar book, actually, Sally Lloyd-Jones, who did the devotional. What's the one about, um, uh, I don't know. She has another one that's kind of like that. Yeah, love you just the way you are. Like no. Um, anyway, I'll come up with that. Being, but being a pig is nice. Yeah, being a pig is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you get, manners. yeah, it's the opposite of manners. Uh, it's, it's fun. Imaginative. Um, I'm going to show a couple scenes to you from a film called Wit. Have any of you seen it with Emma Thompson? Perfect. Love it. I love that you have not seen this film uh, because it will be brand new to you. Um, and it will become clear, I won't say when, but it will become clear why I've brought this in. It will take several minutes to get to that point, so just bear with it. But Wit is a film that's based on a play about a, a woman who is a classic literature professor and her specialty is the poet John Donne from the um, 
uh, 16th and 17th century. He actually was a Church of England priest, but more well known for his uh, poetry. And that's her specialty. And she has been diagnosed with stage four metastatic ovarian cancer and is basically dying. And the only hope that she has is participating in uh, some chemotherapy research. And so we see her, it, this is, it's a strange, it's metaphysical film just as John Donne was a metaphysical poet. It, it's strange in that she's often breaking the fourth wall. You know what that means when the, the character speaks directly into the camera at the audience? And the background changes between her past life and like a room like this with books and the hospital room. Um, and uh, but the scene that we'll see first is she's with her advisor in graduate school. Um, she's reflecting on the past, and her advisor was also a professor of John Donne poetry. And they're both really similar, or at least um, Vivian, the main character played by Emma Thompson, becomes in later life a lot like her advisor, a very kind of stiff. Um, you know, all about the business kind of professor who takes life way too seriously, and she's all about wit, um, you know, being witty, and there's not much love. Um, and so here we see uh, she's being kind of chastised by her advisor in graduate school about some paper that she's written about a John Donne poem. And like I said, bear with me because it connects to the runaway bunny. Oh, wrong thing. Oh, yeah. Your answer in Holy Sunday 6, Miss Baring, is a melodrama with a veneer of scholarship unworthy of you. To say nothing of done, do it again. Oh. I begin with the text, Miss Baring, not with a feeling. Death be not proud. Though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. You've entirely missed the point of the poem, because I must say you've used an edition of the text that is inauthentically punctuated. In the Gardner edition of the text... But that edition is just out of the sorry. You take this too lightly. This is metaphysical poetry, not the modern novel. The standards of scholarship and critical reading which one would apply to any other text are simply insufficient. The effort must be total for the results to be meaningful. Do you think that the punctuation of the last line of this sonnet is merely an insignificant detail? The sonnet begins with a valiant struggle with death calling on all the forces of intellect and drama to vanquish the enemy. But it is ultimately about overcoming the seemingly insuperable barriers separating life, death, and eternal life. In the edition you chose, this profoundly simple meaning is sacrificed to hysterical punctuation. And death, capital D, shall be no more, semicolon. Death, capital D, comma, thou shalt die, exclamation mark. If you're going for this sort of thing, I suggest you take up Shakespeare. Gardner's edition of the Holy Sonnets returns to the Westmoreland manuscript source of 1610, not for sentimental reasons, I assure you, but because Helen Gardner is a scholar. It reads, And death shall be no more, 
karma. Death, thou shalt die. Nothing but a breath, a comma, separates life from life everlasting. Very simple, really. With the original punctuation restored, death is no longer something to act out on a stage with exclamation marks. It is a comma, a pause. In this way, the uncompromising way, one learns something from the poem, would you say? Life, death, soul, God, past, present, not insuperable values, not semicolons, just a comment. Life, death, I see. It's a metaphysical conceit, it's wit. I'll go back to the library about It is not wit, Miss Baring, it is truth. The paper's not the point, isn't it? Vivian, you're a bright young woman. Use your intelligence. Don't go back to the library. Go out. Enjoy yourself with friends, hmm? Okay. One more scene, and this is where it will become... Oops, that's not what I want to do. It will become apparent why I've brought it in. Vivian Baring is now in the hospital dying. Um, in her last final days, uh, this stage four cancer and the experimental treatment, and no one, absolutely no one has visited her. Um, she has become in life a lot like her advisor um, and therefore is an alienated everyone and never fallen in love. Her students for the most part never liked her and here she is dying and no one's visited her until finally this scene.
forgotten how early it gets chilly here. Yes, I know you do. I can see. something to you. Would you like that? Or recite something by dark? <laughs> Very well.
Have a carrot, said the mother bunny. Mm. Wonderful. Time to go. Flights of angels sing thee to thy rest. So that's why we're doing this class, um, you know, whatever that meant for you. Um, we're all a lot like Vivian Baring, or can be, maybe never to that extreme, hopefully. Um, and uh, children's books are wonderful for children, and I commend them for reading to children, but they also have uh, so much to do uh, for us and, and say to us. Um, in her final hours she did not want to hear John Donne recited to her <laughs> I love how she goes oh no <laughs> anything but John Donne you know and the thing that spoke to her and gives her permission to die uh, is runaway bunny and I love what Professor Ashford says oh look at that a little allegory of the soul um, <laughs> for all the reasons that we talked about today. Um, f a couple final thoughts. Um, here's one more verse for you based on what I've said from the Bible as we move forward. If you continue to join us for this the next three weeks, and I hope you will. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Um, and if we do not become like children, we'll have a heck of a time entering the kingdom of God. <laughs> um, so, you know, hopefully uh, the books this week and the next few weeks will uh, speak to that verse as well. And the, the books that I bring in will be available in the bookstore if you want to buy them. Right now this is there if you want to pick up a copy. <coughs> and also the uh, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing is available. And um, would one of you be willing next time to be our reader for the next book? To read it out loud, so it's not me. Uh, if you want to, why don't you just come up and talk to me afterwards, and, and I'll get it to you. Um, I'll or, be here next Sunday. Okay. Okay, maybe you could do it the third week then. Okay. All right, well, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.